Amen. Praise the Lord. A very good morning to you um, all for joining service. Thank you for just uh, being God's wonderful children and people that um, acknowledge God and, and would gather to be in fellowship one with another so that we can be able to worship the great I am. Amen. This is the great day that the Lord has made. We rejoice and we are glad in it. Amen. Would you say hello to somebody next to you? Welcome them. And above all, know that uh, when we gather together in the name of our Lord Jesus, he said he will always be there. So we're going to hear the word of God. But before we do that, we are going to pray. Amen. Let's bow our heads, pray and believe. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We honor you for you are God, you are king, you reign supreme, and you are God all by yourself. We thank you so much that you reign and rule and that you are the great I am. There is no other God beside you. There will never be. And for that, Lord, we come to you in humility, acknowledge, acknowledging that you are the maker of us all. Lord, as we go to hear your word, we submit to the authority of your word. Your word is your word of power. It is upon the foundation of your word that the whole of the universe stands. And so, Lord, we reverence this word. We reverence you. And we thank you because the entrance of it brings understanding and it brings light and it gives hope, encouragement. Even when you rebuke us, it's because of love. When you chastise us, it's because of love. And so, Lord, we thank you and we bless you. Use my mouth to speak only the oracles of the Holy Spirit. And let everybody that God is going to listen, be blessed, be edified, because it's in Jesus' name we do trust and pray. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. We rejoice and we are glad in it. I want to welcome everybody that has come for service. And I also want to welcome everybody that is joining us via Facebook or any other um, connection. God bless you feel at home in Jesus name. Amen. T today we're going to talk about the body of Christ, the church of God being his representative on the earth. Okay. We're going to talk about us and the great honor that God has accorded all of us that are called genuinely by the name of Jesus Christ to be his representatives on the earth. Amen. And today, my message is really here to speak to us, especially the people of this great nation called Kenya. Um, it's important that we, we address ourselves, we talk and get just to focus, refocus, especially now that we have finished our season and sessions of electing our next leaders. And uh, there are those that are already uh, taking their positions from, you know, the governors going down all the way to, uh, you know, the 
MCAs. Okay, we are definitely still waiting for court proceedings to be able to know the outcome of our presidency. Praise the Lord. But that said and done, we're going to talk about God's expectation of us. And um, I pray that we will focus, we will listen, we will call ourselves to a meeting as believers and as Kenyans. Praise the Lord. Now, as we share this word, I want us to understand that every one of us that calls God the maker of heaven and the earth, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the beginner of life, any one of us that calls God father must know and realize that we are dealing with a sovereign God. The beauty about our father within the Christendom is that God is not just king and God. He's also portrayed himself as a father to every believer. Okay, but that said, it is always important for us to realize that no matter how close we are with God, no matter how much he uses us, no matter how much he's given us the privilege to represent him, to stand on his stead on different matters on the earth, God is sovereign. Amen. God is sovereign and that will never change. Now, I'm just going to read a few scriptures that talk about the sovereignty of God. Amen. Because they help us to understand that we are dealing with a being that is unmatched. With a being that is supreme. All right. And um, the book of Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says about God. That for in him all things were created. Nothing put, being put out of that box that everything we see has been created by God. Things that are in heaven, things that are on earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or powers or rulers or authorities or dominions, everything has been created through him and for him. And of course, that particular scripture talks about our Lord Jesus Christ. All right. I'd like us to also read our Bibles from the book of Isaiah, chapter 45. Isaiah 45. Amen. Isaiah chapter 45 and from verse 7 to 9, it says, I form the light and create darkness. <laughs> I make peace. And I create evil or calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Verse 8 says, let fall in showers, you heavens, from above. And let the skies rain down righteousness. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The pure spiritual heaven-born possibilities that have their foundation in the holy being of God. That's what the Amplified says. That's what the Amplified Bible says. Let the earth open and let the skies and the earth sprout forth salvation and let righteousness germinate and spring up. Praise the Lord. 
together I, the Lord, have created it. Now, no man, no humankind, no angelic body can make such declarations. Only God. Okay? And so he's sovereign. I'd like to break down the word sovereign. Sovereign means one that, has exception, that is exceptional in quality. Having supreme and ultimate power. Having supreme and ultimate power. That is amazing. Praise the Lord. Having supreme ultimate power. Praise the Lord. Okay? So, um, and uh, that's the position of God. And it is uncontested. Nobody can sit down to negotiate or refocus or debate about it. It settles it. God is sovereign and he will always remain to be so. Now, the one time in the Bible, there was this wonderful prophet of God called Isaiah. And Isaiah had an experience. And I'm sure we are all familiar with this experience. And I'm, I just want us to, to read Isaiah chapter f- uh, 6. Very famous portion of scripture. Isaiah chapter 6 from verse 1. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. He was high and lifted up. And the scuts or the garments of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two each covered his own face. And with two each covered his feet. And with two it flew. That's quite an interesting experience can you imagine yourself caught up (laughs) and you are right before the throne of god and you have this privilege of enjoying the temple or the throne room where our father sits and like isaiah seeing this seraphim or angelic being that has six wings number one that would stagger any human being to be in shock you know, seeing a being, a creature, it's flying and has six wings. Two of those he is flying with, praise the Lord. Two of the rest he is covering his face and two of the rest that are remaining, he covers his feet. And the Bible says in verse 3, And one cried to another saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts." Then flew one of the seraphim, the heavenly beings, to me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar, and which with it he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity and guilt have been taken away. Your sin is completely atoned for and forgiven. So this is the same sovereign God that we are talking about. Praise the Lord. 
And Isaiah, the Bible says, the moment he saw this scenario, he was filled with godly fear, with awe of whom God is. And the only thing he recognized about himself is that he's a man of unclean lips. And he said, I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people with unclean lips. Now, anybody who would be caught up in heaven while they're still living on the earth, and they see the magnificence, the greatness of God, and they encounter the Lord in his glory, and I would imagine then that would be Jesus because the Bible says nobody can see our father and live again. Praise the Lord. It is not a place that you can remain the same. Something sobers up in any man who has had such encounters. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so my point is that we deal with a sovereign God and it is a great honor for him to even call us to represent him, to be able to say something on his behalf, to be the type and uh, shadow of whom God is or whom Jesus Christ is as sons of God. Praise the Lord. And so let us always remember that our father is the great I am. He is sovereign. He is God. And his position, whom he is, cannot be contested. Amen. I want to talk about a few examples of God's sovereignty. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, now, God does everything based on his desire because he has the authority to do and to exercise his power and wisdom and do all that he pleases. And nobody can question him. Praise the Lord. Every part of God's creation, all places, objects, creatures, people, plants, vegetation, even Satan, are under God's sovereign will and rule. Every event and situation is under God's sovereign rule. And so he holds a position that is a position to be honored. It is a position that when we keep realizing whom he is, the authority he holds, and that he would even call us to be with him, we would come before God with utmost reverence and fear. And that's why the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Right? And uh, if there are people, a group of people that should realize this and focus and be able to live with that great understanding and be an example to the rest of creation are those that are born through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because by the salvation they have obtained, they have been given the power and the authority to be sons of God and then to be indwelled by this sovereign God's Holy Spirit inside of us. 
And so there is an understanding we have about God that does not come just by mere reading or mere hearing, but there is an experience we have. The Bible says that for all those that are sons of God and are, have the person of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of them, they know, they have a knowledge, there is a knower inside of them that confirms they are children of God. And so they understand God. Honestly, anybody that is born again that would uh, behave otherwise, it would really be disappointing. Praise the Lord. Okay, moving on. Now that sovereign God calls his children, praise the Lord. He calls his children many times to uh, be with him, fellowship with him, and then many times to represent him. Now, if you look at Isaiah, after he had realized that he's an, a man of unclean lips and he dwells in the midst of people that are unclean and the angels comes, the angel comes to his aid and places a coal on his mouth and he tells him, your iniquity has been taken away and your sin is completely atoned for. Then... Through that atoning, Isaiah is able to hear the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Whom shall go for us? And Isaiah does not fidget about that. He does not look at his weakness like many, many prophets of old would be called by God. Some would say, I'm only but a child. Or others would say, oh, I'm a stammerer. Oh, I'm an evil man. Get away from me. No, Isaiah says, here am I. Send me. Praise the Lord. And we all know that when God sends us, when God partners with us, when God sends us somewhere, it is grace that takes you there. It's not because we are all good. It's not because we are all perfect. It's not even because we bear so much knowledge of God. It is grace that allows us to be sent by our Father. Now, I'd like to read from scripture in the Bible. And um, I would like us to start from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, from verse 11. 2 Corinthians 5, from verse 11. Grab your Bible and let's read 2 Corinthians 5, 11. Amen. So Paul is talking to the church of Corinth. And Paul is talking some very sober things. So he is addressing the church of Corinth and he says that uh, verse 10, let me start from 10. It says, For we must all appear and be revealed as we are before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive his pay according to what he has done in the body, whether it be good or evil. Praise the Lord. Considering what this purpose and motive have been and what he has achieved, been busy with and given himself, and has given attention to accomplishing. Now, note, please, that I'm reading from the Amplified. You may find it having more words than the Bible that you read. Right? Okay. And then he says in verse 11, Therefore, being conscious of fearing the Lord with respect and reverence, we seek to win people over. But what sort of persons we are is plainly recognized and thoroughly understood by God. And I hope that it is also understood 
by you. So Paul is, is slowly closing us in, praise the Lord, from the midst of everybody else and saying there is a place and a consciousness those that walk with God have. We fear the Lord. We understand that everything we do, we shall be accountable for. Praise the Lord. While we are in this life, every one of us must appear before the judgment throne of God. Every one of us must appear. Praise the Lord. And so Paul says that because of this, we are conscious. We respect and reverence God. And for that reason, we also win people over so that they are not found unready for this great day. Praise the Lord. So Paul says in verse 12, we are not commending ourselves to you again, but we are providing you with an occasion and an incentive to be rightfully proud of us. Praise the Lord. So that you may have a reply for those who pride themselves on surface appearance, on virtues that only appear to, they, they only appear to have, although their heart is devoid of them. Okay. And then he says in verse 13, for if we be beside ourselves, it is for the Lord. That means if we look like we are mad, we have lost it. Our minds are not functioning according to the normalcy of mankind. It is for God. Many times as believers, we do extraordinary things. We make extraordinary decisions that shock people. Hallelujah. Because we are more cognizant at, about what pleases God. And many times what pleases God seems to be uh, of perplexity to humankind. Because if they're not in tune with God, the decisions we make, the things we do, how we go out of our way to serve the Lord, many times does look quite queer praise the lord but it is because we fear the lord amen and we busy ourselves more with pleasing him more than what man would have for us to do or whatever reputation it is we would get from mankind why do we do this paul says it's because the love of god controls us Look, believers, we are people under the control of love. <laughs> and this love is not the love of a man to a woman. This control is not the love of a mother to a child. <clears throat> this control is not a, a, a filial love, a love of a friend to another. We are controlled solely by the love, the agape of God that he has shed abroad to all of us, praise the Lord. This love controls us. This love urges us. This love compels us, praise the Lord. And this love has many times displayed itself in the manner and the best example through the death of our Lord Jesus Christ, who paid a high penalty for you and I. And so we cannot live in any other way but in the price that was paid on the cross of Calvary by Jesus Christ. And so Paul says, for the love of Christ controls us. This love urges us. This love impels us, praise the Lord, because we are of the opinion and conviction that there is one who died. And this one who died, he died for all men that live, and those that live should never 
continue to live for themselves. Praise the Lord. They should never continue to live for themselves. We no longer live for ourselves. We buried everything that we called our own personal desires. Our personal ambitions were buried the moment we accepted this one who paid a high price for all mankind. And that's our Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's the space that believers ought to live in. That's the space that we all must be found in 24 hours a day, 365 days of the year. That's where the believer must find themselves. That in everything that we do, it is the love of God that urges us. It is the love of God that impels us. It is the love of God that controls us. If you ever find yourself in a space, having an ambition and a, and a desire and a drive to do anything, but it has not been birthed under the love of Christ, then we must check. Because these other things only bring to us judgment. Praise the Lord. Okay, so for that reason, then Paul continues to say, consequently, verse 16, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a pure human point of view. What does that mean? We no longer look at anybody, whether they are born again or not born again, we never view people from a normal point of view which is human. Paul says that um, we don't look at them on natural standards of value, no. Even though we once did estimate Jesus, our Lord, from a human point of view, praise the Lord. But yet now, we have such knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. So, Paul says, for this reason, when a person is born again, when a person has been engrafted in Christ, old things have passed away. Praise the Lord. Everything that they used to do, every way you looked at them, <laughs> they walk on a complete new level, new page, new pedestal. And it is not by the power of a man. It is not by the design of any human being, but it is by the power that is uh, carried within the blood of Jesus that gives a human being a completely new identity. And that identity is called a new creature. In fact, they say it's like a new genome that has never been seen, seen again. It's a new species that has never been seen. Isn't that beautiful? And so we can never no longer estimate people by how we knew them. I don't care whether you're, they're your son. I don't care whether they're your brother. I don't care whether it's even your husband whom you're one with. The moment they come into contact with the blood of Jesus and accept his blood to make them new, they are new. And there is nothing any of us can do. Praise the Lord. They are new creatures. Praise the Lord. Their old previous moral spiritual condition has passed away and all things are made new. And the Bible says in verse 18, but all things are of God who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself. He reconciled us 
to himself. Meaning, there was a time we had been totally separated from him, from God the Father, and even from a close relationship and fellowship with the person of the Holy Spirit. And so when Jesus died, when he shed his blood, he reconciled us back to himself, back to God the Father, and gave us an intimate fellowship with the person of the Holy Spirit. And when he did that, he also gave us the same ministry, the ministry of reconciliation. What are we to do with that ministry? Since we have been reconciled to God, we are to reconcile others back to God. In fact, it's not just people. We are to reconcile creation. We are to reconcile humanity. We are to reconcile geographies. We are to reconcile civilizations back to God. And God has endowed in so much great power and authority to as many as have believed in Jesus so that we can take the position our Savior had while he walked on the earth to be able to do exactly what he did. And he himself said in the Gospel of John that even greater things shall we do. And so with that said, we must always walk in this world with a recognition that we are not of ourselves. The Bible says, after Jesus has given us the ministry of reconciliation, he actually looks at us and knows us to become his ambassadors. Whoever you are, wherever you go, whatever space you find yourself in, whether you know it or not, you are a representation of the kingdom of the most high God. You are a representation of Jesus Christ and who he is, what he stands for. If Christ was never to appear on the earth again, anybody that would have an encounter of you should definitely have an encounter with Christ because he is forming himself in every believer. And the Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 to 13 that the ultimate desire of God through Christ in the believer is to finally see Jesus completely replicated so that we see the full mature manhood of our Lord Jesus Christ in every believer. So at every given point in time, people are encountering Christ through you and I. And so no matter what happens in the world, even if the earth was to shake, be turned around upside down, we never change from the position of being God's representation on the earth. Now, allow me to break down the meaning of an ambassador. An ambassador is a minister of the highest rank, sent from a foreign court to represent their own sovereign state. So, child of God, that's who you are. You are an ambassador sent from the highest kingdom that there would ever be in heaven on earth and under the earth. Praise the Lord. And you and I are called to represent a sovereign state. And I'm not meaning the states of this world, the kingdoms of this world. No, we are representing an eternal kingdom. Praise the Lord. And we are to represent it in and carrying the very nature 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, ambassadors are interesting people because, excuse me, if they are to be sent to a country, though they may dwell in that country for five years, they never ever change their identity. They are fed from their country. They live under the constitution of their nation while they're in another, praise the Lord. And while they are there, they are the complete representation of their king, their constitution, and their state. Amen. And they are there for the business and the interest of their country. And that's who we are. And my question is today, is that the way we carry out ourselves? An ambassador never goes to another country to stand or represent his own personal interest or the interest of his family. They are dead to self because they are here to always speak on behalf of their country and on behalf of their leaders. Praise the Lord. Okay, an ambassador is an official member or a representative of a nation. He is a corporate person that represents a corporate state and often uh, does this in the public face of any nation and stance. So when an ambassador says something, it is actually his country that has made that statement. Hallelujah. We have often seen uh, the ambassadors sent to Kenya to represent different nations in our nation. Uh, and when they speak, they only speak on behalf of their president, on behalf of their queen, on behalf of their kings, and on behalf of their sovereign state. So, son of God, that's who you are. And you know, when I think about that, there's a soberness that comes to my heart about how I carry myself, the decorum with which I carry myself around with, praise the Lord. Any ambassador does not have their lives, praise the Lord. When they dress, they dress on behalf and instead of their country, praise the Lord. When they speak, they speak to represent their country. Every way they carry themselves, they are very cognizant that they are representing a sovereign state. Praise the Lord. And so, allow me to say that there should be a decorum. Now, as the body of Christ, we must always behave as Jesus did. I looked at the state of our nation the last couple of weeks that have gone by. And have been left in a place, number one, of shame, embarrassment, and um, wondering, who are we serving? I have seen all sorts of things, all sorts of words that have come out of the mouths of especially believers, speaking about the results we have seen, the condition of the country, and I wondered, who are we representing? Who are we standing in the stead of? Is it Jesus? Is it our friends? It is, our, is it our fellow countrymen? Is it the leaders that are earthly, that are in this nation, that we feel we are here to represent? Really? Church, when God called us, when God called you, he called you to reconcile 
you back to himself. And once we were reconciled to himself, we were to reconcile the world back to him. It should never be that any point in time of our lives, we are so carried by the euphoria that is there in the nation until we forget our birth. We forget our citizenship. We forget our ambassadorial state to represent God. It has shocked the guts out of me. It has shocked many people just to see, especially the words of people who call themselves believers. Words have been flying back and forth all over, marring the name of our Lord Jesus Christ when we would even have abusive words to either leaders of any of the parties that have gone by. It was never God's intention that things may go like this. And I feel that maybe this needed to happen. <laughs> this time, um, our elections, if you note, have not actually been tribal. They have actually found their foundation on the place called religion. And unfortunately, it is more often than not that the kingdom of God has been defamed. Embarrassing God, embarrassing the place of Christ, we forget that we are representatives of God. And that no matter what outcome happens, there is a place we must live for the sovereignty of God. We did our part. We have prayed, labored in fasting. We have prayed, labored in watching and going through sleepless nights of, uh, as believers. Raised our faith. After things have happened, we must allow God to be God. And we must move on with our lives to make sure we are making a good representation of the kingdom of God. There has been so much unsettlement, so many emotions moving back and forth. And I'm wondering, do we still have the Holy Ghost inside of us? What emotions are these that we no longer are caring about our words, our action? Yeah? Some of us have murdered people <laughs> with our own words. Oh, the Bible says that uh, our words are powerful. Our words hold a lot of authority. That's the position of sons of God. They rule by decreeing. What have we been decreeing? What have we filled the air of Kenya with, believers? God has failed to take his place. We care more about our ambitions, about our desires, about the leaders we, choo we choose, about the leaders we like, about the leaders we are affiliated to and forgotten. There is a Jesus, there is a master who bought us by his blood. I think there is a position that the body of Christ should not cross. After we have prayed, after we have voted, after we have done our constitutional expectation and exercised our rights, we are to be still and know that the Lord is God. Unless we are in the space of governance, and even if we are in the space of governance, then we ought to ensure that our representation represents heaven. May God help us as Kenyans. 
because there is a place we have even taken the jurisdiction on the functionality of God and placed it on ourselves. Before the elections, I was shocked and perturbed in my spirit when I heard different people, even within the clergy, making proclamation and saying God has said that this leader is coming into power. Another one says, no, it is this other leader. And I wondered, is God confused? Has the Holy Spirit forgotten that he has uh, all the authority? Has he, has he changed so that this one is saying, no, this is the leader who will take over. And this other one is saying, this other leader. What in the world is going on? If we don't know what to say, we are better off quiet and remaining in the place of prayer. Church, we must call ourselves to a, a meeting. We must call ourselves to a place of returning back to God, refocusing. And first and foremost, asking God for forgiveness. Because any of us that has been found partisan, heart wounded because of this and that, you know, until we've lost our decorum, it shows something is very wrong. Praise the Lord. As we prophesy, we must make sure the prophecies we give, they are from God. We must make sure that the prophecies we give are not for our own ego. They are not for our own uh, achievement. Our prophecies should solely be speaking the mind and the mouth of God. Period. We have nothing to do after that. We don't even follow prophecies to make them happen. No. When you ever follow a prophecy you have given, and then you have to continue to do something about it, unless it's an assignment that is given by God, we have missed the point. Prophecies must be accurate. Prophecies must come from the Holy Spirit and not from our own ambitions and ideologies and desires. Praise the Lord. Prophecies are not for ourselves, but they are to speak the heart and the mind of our sovereign God. Praise the Lord. Now the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, when he was given to the body of Christ, even he himself was not to speak his own mind. Jesus said in the book of John chapter 16, verse 13 and 14, that he would only speak that which he hears from the Father. How dare we think that we can just say anything we want to say if the Holy Ghost, who is part and parcel of the Godhead, would be careful never to say anything he has not heard from, the whole, from our Heavenly Father. Who are we to think that we must fill the space with something to say? God help the body of Christ. God help the body of Christ. My prayer is that there may be peace in our homes. There is so much agitation that is moving around us. And I, and I think I'm talking to somebody. Maybe you're there. And, and I just want you to call yourself to a meeting. Where are you at? Are you angry? And what are you angry about? Is God Lord? Is he in control of the earth? 
or are we helping him? Our representation of God has jurisdiction. Once we have represented him, we must allow God to be God because he alone is God. The Bible says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And they that dwell in the earth, they are his. They are not ours. The earth is not ours. Belongs to our father. And if there's one who really cares about the matters that are happening, where humanity are concerned, it is God. And so we cannot take his space, praise the Lord. We cannot take his position. We can only do what we're meant to do and leave the rest to the great I am. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now through this session, there have been so much, there has been so much mockery and such bad words, such sickening words that have been on social media and unfortunately, once something goes on social media, you and I wrote it, many times it's hard to remove it. Now, these things are standing in Kenya, all over the world, whatever we wrote, whatever we said, and they're also standing before a holy God. Why should we allow whatever things that have happened carry our emotions so high? Isn't life going on? Didn't the sun show up? Doesn't the night come? What has changed? Children of God, we need to refocus. We need to return back to God. And I believe with all my heart that the first place the church ought to return is to the place of repentance. We must tell God that we are sorry. If our leader came through, the one that we chose, or is the one that garnered the most points, hallelujah, praise the Lord, we move on. If our leader didn't make it through, let us return back to the place of prayer and ask God for his justice to be done here in our country. But beyond that, we have no business. We are entering territories that God never asked us. And we are allowing our emotions to make us to sin. And I believe as a body of Christ, we need to come to God with repentance. Now, the behavior of the body of Christ, and I'm addressing the body. I'm not addressing those that are not born again. They are already judged. But for the body of Christ, allow me to say this. We were never called to stumble people. No matter what goes on, our steadfastness, the faith we have in God should be enough to propel the will and the desire of God in our nation. And we do it whether we talk to anybody or not. Even in our closet, we are able to shift things around according to God's will. But now more than ever, so many people have been stumbled by the church. By the words that come out of our mouth. Abusive words that have come from one leader to another. We have abused people. We have abused different, uh, uh, what are they called? Political parties. Because of what? How did we stoop so low? 
as a body. May God help us. Now, I'd like to remind us that Jesus said, we are his representatives and we are reconcilers. We bring peace. In the Beatitudes of our Lord Jesus Christ, he said, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. When we move away from becoming peacemakers, whether we are in the clergy, whether we are in the body of Christ, then we stop and disallow ourselves from carrying the heritage of sonship. And the Bible says that if anybody causes God's little ones to stumble, it were better that they put a millstone round their necks and throw themselves to the sea. God does not like people who stumble others. And we must ask ourselves, have I stumbled people? Because of what? Our lives have to go on, church. We must know that we are here for a higher representation. And that's a representation of the kingdom of heaven. I'd like us to read just three scriptures and then we're going to pray. And I pray that God will sober the body of Christ. We were not called for such low places as we have found ourselves. We are from a sovereign, a high kingdom, the highest kingdom of all. That is above all principalities and, and rule and, and every dominion. That's the one we represent in church. For us to be found in another space <laughs> is, is a really sad day in Kenya. The Bible says in the book of Mark, chapter 9, verse 42, Jesus said, whoever causes one of these little ones of mine or believers who acknowledge me to stumble and to sin, it would be better for him if a huge millstone were hung about his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And so Jesus is not joking about those that believe in him. Jesus paid the price himself, church. Clergy, my fellow clergy, it is Jesus who paid the price. It's not us. It will never be us. It is his blood that was shed. And we must be cognizant of that. And always be in tune with God to properly represent him. Proverbs chapter 6. From verse 16. The Bible says, these things, these six things, the Lord hates Indeed, even seven are an abomination to the Lord. Now I'm going to read them. A proud look. We have shown so much pride for those of us that have worn. Some of us, so many of us, maybe not all, have showed such arrogance, such pride, demeaned others because they didn't seem to win. And the Bible says God amongst things he hates is pride. A lying tongue. Have we been caught up in lies? 
while these processes have been going on. Whatever positions we were holding, whether we were believers, whether we were intercessors, whether we were clergy, whether we were in the electoral commission, have we lied? That disqualifies us from representing God. The Bible says, hands that shed innocent blood. Has there been any blood that we have shed while this process has gone on? God is a giver of life. And I tell you, he is coming to judge any man, any woman that has been in the position of murder, of shedding blood, and of causing people's lives that they didn't give them to leave this world. God is coming. A heart that manufactures wicked thoughts. Have we sat down and manufactured wicked thoughts? As clergy, as the body of Christ. <laughs> Feet that are swift in running to evil. Yeah? Taking this word, taking this rumor, taking, have you heard, have you heard? We all want to be caught up with the trending information. Who asked you? Church, we have a decorum. Church, we are ambassadors. There is a way we behave and there are ways we do not behave. A false witness. Have we given witnesses to people that are wrong, that have brought enmity between people? Oh, God help us. And finally, people who plant discord between brothers. If you are one who plants discord in a home of a family where people are born to one mother, one father, you bring discord, God has got you. God has you. A person who plants discord in a church God's got you. And a person who plants discord in a nation, God's got you. The Bible says in the book of Psalm, I'm just going to read that, those words. I had said them earlier, but I'm going to read them again. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's. Let that settle in our hearts. It's not ours. It's not ours. We've only been given dominion. We've been given authority, handed to us, but we don't own the earth. It is God's. And the Bible says, and everything that is in it, those who dwell in the world, they are God's. Praise the Lord. It is God who founded it upon the waters and established it upon the currents and the rivers. And so let that settle in our hearts with all the authority that God has given us. It is handed over, but we don't own nobody. We don't own the earth. Neither do we own even the creatures here. They came from a maker, and the maker of them is God. Now the Bible says, <laughs> who shall go to the mountain of the Lord? Who shall ascend to his holy hill? Ministers of God, clergy. We beat down our authority. We beat down the great privilege we have been given. When the Bible says we can no longer go up to the mountain of God or to his holy hill to represent the Lord. 
Now what happens in the mountain of the Lord? Declarations are made. Prayers are made. Who can enter his holy place? It is those that are pure hearts. It is those that have not lifted their souls to falsehood. It is those that have not sown deceitfully. It is those that have not shed innocent blood. If our actions made somebody to die, their blood hangs on our head. And scripture cannot be changed. The only thing that will save the day is that we return to God in repentance and ask him to forgive us. The Bible says, the people who have not done these wicked things and vices, they shall receive the blessing from the Lord and the righteousness that stems from the God of their salvation. And this is the description of the generation that seeks the Most High God. When God said in the book of Second Chronicles, about a prayer that he hears. He hears it only for, from those that are called by his name. Praise the Lord. May we not disqualify ourselves from being ones that can bring intercession that will move the heart of God and cause him to forgive us. Because he says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. <laughs> Humility is key. Pride, arrogance, self-raising ourselves cannot show up before God. We cannot pray and we cannot Come to his face to talk to him if pride is found in us. You know, even the way we are receiving this word, it just shows whether we are those that are called by his name. Yeah, maybe you're wondering, who is this little woman talking to us? Don't worry. I'm just God's mouthpiece. That's all that I am. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal our land. And he will heal their land. May God help us. Kenya has a heavy mandate on it. And one of those mandates is that Kenya must remain, if it shall, as a springboard God's revival. But do you know what? It doesn't always have to be like that. God can move to another country if we sell our birthright, if we sell our position of sonship. God is never limited. Somebody once said, never live to see your substitute because your substitute will always be better than you. May Kenya not see its substitute. Because we think we are so close to God and we can speak on his behalf and we have forgotten he is sovereign and we are his subjects. Yes, we are his children, but we cannot take his position. 
church. Let not the mandate of Kenya live because pride, self-interest, greed, money, wealth, and all these things and popularity and competition one with another was found in us. May God help us. May God forgive us that there is anybody we have stumbled through the behavior of the body of Christ. As leaders, we must return to the closet and ask God to forgive us. We cannot stumble those that Jesus died for. We must be found in the place of fearing God. Giving him the honor that is due his holy name. And fear the Lord because that comes with loads of wisdom. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. And we ask you to forgive us. We ask you to forgive us. Forgive us for places we have forgotten about our heavenly calling. Forgive us for places we've passed beyond our boundaries and found ourselves in different spheres of influence you didn't call us. Forgive us for finding ourselves under different leadership that has tainted our calling. Forgive us for offending the Holy Spirit that is the seal on our head. Forgive us as a nation for being partisan and dividing this beautiful nation and the people of God to Move to this side and that side. Even the angel that appeared before Joshua. And Joshua asked him, on whose side are you? He said, I am neither on your side. And I'm not on your enemy's side. I am on the Lord's side. Forgive us for times we have stood sides. And not stood on the side of the Lord. Forgive us for setting the wrong example to our children. To the little ones, God, who cannot vote, but they depend on us to do the right thing. And today they hear all sorts of abuse coming from leaders, parents, people they look up to, people that are mentors of them, God. Return us back. Return us back. Forgive us for selling our birthright. Forgive us for not finding out from the Holy Spirit and waiting and tarrying till we hear from him and we've run helter-skelter. Forgive us. Return us back. To the place we sought you above all else. Return us back 
to the place where we didn't really care about what human beings think about us, about who is on my side, who is not on my side. But as long as I am on the Lord's side, that is what matters. Forgive us for finding solace and peace and joy and laughter in the things of this world that come to pass away. Forgive us for leaving the help, the teacher, the guide, the advocate, the standby, the comforter, the counselor that was set and left behind by our Lord Jesus Christ, even the Holy Spirit. Forgive us for where we have offended him. Forgive us for bringing forth more of our ideologies and saying you have said when we have not truly heard you and misrepresented you. Cleanse us from our sin. Make us to stand before you blameless. Wash us this one more time with the blood of Jesus Christ. We honor you. And we return to you. And we take back our positions to serve this great nation and cause it to have the honor and the representation of the kingdom of God. For it's in Jesus' name we do trust and pray. And the chat said a big amen. Amen and amen and amen. I will ask those of us that are giving their tithes and their offerings to go on ahead and do that. Our MPESA account is going to be highlighted on the screen. May God find us worthy to represent him as a nation and as the body of Christ. May God bless you. May God grant you favor. May God send help when you will call out to him. And may God reconcile this nation one more time. Back to himself and back to the intents and the plans of God. In Jesus' name we pray and believe. Amen.